2: Yeah.
0: Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's confessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way it works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member. Members get a bonus show every Thursday access to tuesday shows ad free also the overtime segments are yours as a member all through the castos app or on the website so if that interests you go to the confessionalspodcast.com hit the join button and become a member now we got greg coming on the show this week and greg is somebody that i have had in the dock for a long time and we finally getting the ship out to sailing but Greg comes on. You're going to hear him give validation to episode 85. I had a guy on years ago for episode 85 talking about getting lost in the Smoky Mountains. In fact, I believe we called the episode Lost in the Smoky Mountains. Greg comes on to validate this guy because he actually was listening to that episode and heard this guy talking about the area he found himself in. And Greg was very familiar. He knew exactly where this guy was at. So he knew the guy wasn't lying about that. And then there were small details that he was talking about this area that only if you were there, you would know that to be true. And so he knew that this guy was telling the truth. And so he kind of gives validation to that, which is really cool. doesn't happen very often with people who are listening to the show being able to validate a complete Stranger story that they heard on the show, but Greg comes on today to talk about his experiences in the Smoky Mountains. In fact, I'll tell you what, this whole week is a Smoky Mountains week. If you listen to the episodes from this month, you hear me talking to guests about thinking about moving to Tennessee. Well, this is the month that I'm actually moving to Tennessee. I wasn't even planning it to line up like this, but it just so happens that I was thinking about it when I recorded with these guys and their interviews are airing now, the month that I'm actually moving to Tennessee. And Greg is talking about the Smoky Mountains, which I'm going to be living near the Smoky Mountains. And so I'm really excited about this week's episodes with Greg because Greg comes on the day to talk about seeing the white Bigfoot in the Smoky Mountains and all his other experiences that he talks about with the Smoky Mountains. And then on Thursday, he's back for the members episode where he is talking about this cabin that he had in the Smoky Mountains and the bizarre things that happened there. We had a great time talking with each other and I hope you guys enjoyed the conversations with Greg this week where we're talking all things Smoky Mountains. In my home state, Tennessee All right today we got Greg on the show Greg, what's going on man? Hey, how you going? Man, I'm doing good. So uh, first of all, you live in Tennessee and I am envious. I absolutely, I'm telling you, man, like I absolutely love Tennessee. I love the idea of moving there. I've been saying it on my recordings recently and it's just like, man, and you live in the general area that I would love to live in. So, uh, envy runs through my veins for you.
1: (laughs) We, We love it here. We, we transferred here about 12 years ago and this is where we always went on vacation and we had an opportunity to come up to, to move up here and
0: we took it. That's awesome man that's great and uh who knows maybe one day I'll be joining you I've I've been getting a lot of friends a lot of friends in Tennessee they've been telling me yeah come on down and so I know I got allies down there that's for sure uh but listen man you have a, a lot of experiences you want to share with us and uh involving the smokies you know and I wanted you to kind of start us off with uh kind of a validating talk I guess we can call it Because I don't remember what episode it was, but it was called Lost in the Smoky Mountains. It was episode 80-something. And the fellow that I had on there, I believe his name was Dan, if I remember correctly. He had shared his experiences and it was just like, it was just this dramatic story. And you actually are very familiar with the exact area he was talking about. And uh, you can validate some things. And I would like for you to just kind of talk about the area and stuff and share with us, you know, what what you think of that whole area. Sure. No problem. Um,
1: yeah, I was listening to that podcast and, uh, anytime I see something that says something about, you know, something creepy or whatever happening in Smokies, of course, I'm going to listen to it because it's home. And I started listening to that one. And the more he went into it, I was like, I know that area, you know, I know exactly where he's at. And, uh, he, uh, Him and his girlfriend, I think it was, they had gone on a hike and they got there pretty late from what I remember and which they got there, I think around five or six or whatever he said, but he said that, uh, they got to hiking. And then as soon as they got to, uh, good ways down the trail, they started feeling like they weren't alone, like something was watching them and everything and, uh, This area uh we've had a lot of experiences there and it's it's very secluded. It's uh it's on the it's on an area the uh well where he was at he said it was right around Cade's Cove, but um that's a pretty busy spot there but when they were hiking that trail, I think he said when it was all said and done, they had hiked like fourteen or fifteen miles after it was over with, and he had then gotten into an area. It was way away from people, very rarely used. Uh, not a lot of people go down through there. I mean, I've hiked down and through there and not even seen a single person. You know, I bet I'll be there all day and won't see anybody. And, uh, my wife and I moved over to that end of the park. Um, I think it was 2016, I believe it was. And, uh, I've been, Uh, interested in Bigfoot and doing uh, research of my own probably since 2010 and when we got to this area I started looking for a spot that I could do some research and just kind of get out and look around and see if I could find a spot that may have some activity and uh, I had a friend of mine tell me about this area And so I went down there and checked it out one afternoon on a weekend and just started making my way down some through the trails and everything. And, uh, I started getting down there almost every weekend. I was, I was going down there and spending at least a whole day. And, uh, I was, uh, had a lot of experiences after I'd been there a while, which I can get into a little bit, but, uh, this guy The way he described it i mean the thing that got me was his description of the place it was uh he was spot on about everything i mean the trail the way they went uh switchbacks and everything and how they bypassed uh a waterfall and they met us another guy after it was all said and done and uh the the man the other hiker Uh, told him which way to go to get to a campground and get some help after they'd been out all night long. And he had hurt his leg, his knee, I think it was. And, uh, I was like, I know exactly what's going on. I mean, I know exactly where he's at. And a lot of the, uh, the experiences he had that night were things that I've seen, um, things that I've heard. And I do a lot of audio recording in that area where I'll leave a recorder out for a month at a time way off trail, uh several hundred yards off trail. Um and I'll go back out there after it's been out there about a month to download all the audio, come back and review it. And uh heard a lot of strange things (laughs) and uh several of those things that he was talking about. So um he was he was pretty accurate on his description and um I think he said they went to a campground and used, uh, I, th- I think one of the things that really, really got my attention towards the end was he was talking about how they got to that campground and his girlfriend, he laid down on a picnic table because he couldn't walk very much more. And his girlfriend went on a little bit further to, a to a Rangers station, which isn't ever occupied. It's just more of an outpost type station, I think. But, uh, I knew exactly where that was at. Uh, I was basically following him down the trail in my mind as he was talking. And, uh, she said that she used a telephone there to call back to Cades Cove to get help. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I know exactly where that phone's at. And I don't know how she used it because it doesn't work. Cause we've gone up there and just checked it out, you know, and it doesn't work. Well, I guess probably about. Ten minutes later in this interview, uh, they said they talked to the ranger, and once they came and picked him up to take him back to their car, the ranger was like, "Well, how did you call me?" You know, and um, the lady was like, "Well, I used this phone that was up here by the by the ranger's station building, and she said I had to call you from that. You know, there's no cell phone signal back there at all. You can hang that up. You're not gonna get a cell phone call back there, and uh, the ranger." lady she was like well that you know there's no way you could have called me from that phone she's like well I, I did that's the one i called you from and she's like well i just don't see how you could that phone hasn't worked in six months and i was like well that's right too because that phone hasn't worked ever since i've been out there <laughs> so i mean it was just little tidbits here and there i mean author's his uh his uh story that just you know little flags here and there that just said hey this guy's you know, that's what I look for when somebody tells me a story like or reports something that's happened to them, you know, or I hear of an experiences, you know, if I know anything about the area, that's, I I look for details in their description and everything. Cause you know, that, that validates that they're, they're usually telling the truth at least about that part of it anyway.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, I guess what we'll do, and I thank you for sharing that because you're the first person since I've aired that. And I think I aired that within the first, what, year and a half of the show, uh, that came forward to say, I know exactly that area. And that guy was spot on. I've never had anybody do that before, but, uh, I would like for you, since we've been on this topic of his story lost in the smoky mountains, uh, the show art, I'll, re- I'll always remember the show art for that show was this. Like face that he you know was describing, and um I would like for you to kind of go into your experience with a similar face you had about thirty miles from his location because it's very similar in characteristics, and I'll let you share why
1: yeah, um what he was talking about was uh what he um he saw a face I actually saw the whole body, he said, but he was describing the face. Um, that whenever he was, he got back and the ranger that picked him up was, he had asked the lady, he said, you know, you ever, is there anything strange going on back in these mountains? She's like, you know, you have no idea, you know? And she was a little, she was pretty open with him from what he said, as far as, uh, odd things that happened back in the mountains. And, um, she she asked him she said right at that time she said that david pilates was filming the 411 uh series or the was an episode he was filming and they were doing it on dennis martin which was the little boy that got lost there in cades cove um i think it was back in the late 60s or it was on father's day back then but uh they were filming that there and uh she started telling him you know if you're interested in this kind of stuff you ought to look up his his videos and stuff and check this guy out his books so he did and he started uh i don't know if he saw i think he said he saw a video on youtube or something that david was giving a a speech or a talk and he was talking about um somebody had asked him you know are there different types of bigfoots and things like that you know and he said yeah, he said, it's just like people, you know. I mean, you got fat people, skinny people, you know, different races and everything. And, I mean, they're just like people is what he said. He said, for example, in the Smoky Mountains, a lot of them look have this look to them to where their eyes have, like, rings around them. Kind of like a raccoon. Um, And they just kind of have, like... <laughs> A friend of mine told me they have like a look, almost like a ghoul, you know, where their eyes are so back, far back in their head that from a distance, if you're using a video camera, if you see them like in the shadows, their eyes look really dark, like black spots. And, uh, they have like a little ring, dark ring or a white ring or something around them. Kind of a raccoon appearance. And, uh, this, and I was like, wow, man, I said that that's, that's like, uh, really um, confirming something that i had seen several years ago on my own um i had another area before i started going to this area where he was at and he had his experience (coughs) that uh i was that's where i had my first experience and i started uh researching there on my own going out every weekend walking trails got me a little video camera mounted it to the top of a hiking stick like a monopod and i just carry it with me down the trail you know and film behind me film out beside me just constantly filming you know and uh i was on a horse trail i was way back in the woods not far from a campground and uh i heard something over to my right and it kind of startled me you know and it sounded like movement so you know i jumped i kind of stopped and looked over and there. I couldn't see what it was, but there was something moving through the woods. So I instantly aimed my camera over there. I'm sitting here filming into the woods. I can't see anything yet. And I start seeing these heads moving through and I said, oh, that's just turkeys. You know, there's just about three or four turkeys making their way through the woods. So I just said, okay, I'll just film them. So I'm filming turkeys, watching them, you know, nothing else really happened. So I just kind of did that for a few minutes and moved on down the trail and did my thing the rest of the day and went on home later that afternoon. While I was reviewing, I go back and review the, the videos and uh, watch them in slow motion or just kind of just go back, you know, start, finish. Cause you just look in the background to see if something's back there, you know? And as I was watching these turkey, I got to that part where the turkeys were at. I was watching that and i saw way in the background like this face i was like what so i just slowed down the video and uh took a still shot of it and so then i like zoomed in really close i was like that's a freaking face looking around a tree at me on the other side of those turkeys i i mean I was like, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, I know people say there's pareidolia, you know, with leaves and stuff. But this is flat out looks like a face to me. It almost looked like a raccoon or a panda bear face because of the way the eyes were. But it's leaning out around the tree. And the the, uh, actual video, I slowed it down in slow motion and zoomed it in the best I could. And you can just about see. I, I think you can see his eyes blink or something, but... I don't like to present something like that if I don't know for sure you know, what it's doing, but the still shot definitely looks like a head looking around a tree and it has a raccoon appearance to it because of the eyes. And I always thought, I said, if that is a Bigfoot, I always kind of felt like that I may have walked up on him trying to, you know, on a little turkey hunt or something. Maybe he was fixing to nab some turkeys and I kind of disturbed him and he was watching me to see what I was going to do. But, uh, and I I sent you that picture too, Tony. So, uh.
0: yeah, I I mean, I'm looking at the picture right now and, uh, I'll post it in the show description for the website. And so people can go ahead and check that out. The dot com, and it will be there. And what I'm looking at here, man, it does, It, it looks like a panda bear peeking around a tree at you. And, you know, I know, I know people will talk about pareidolia, and I understand that. And I, a lot of times I see stuff that I think, you know, it's probably pareidolia, you know, but this just wait until you see it. People like you don't have to strain your eyes to see what we're seeing here. And I'm not even going to even describe where in the picture it's at. It's clear now when, and you saw the video, I don't, I don't see the video here. If you want, you can send me the video and I'll post that as well. But, um, this, to me looks like it might not have been a full-size cre like a like a big big creature is that the the perception you get as well
1: yeah i mean if it is a bigfoot which i'm not saying it is because i don't know i mean it's it's not a you know your standard eight or ten foot tall you know patterson gimlin bigfoot standing back there i don't think unless he's sitting on his knees or you know on all fours just peeking around a tree at that angle i can't really tell how high he is off the ground and i didn't review it and notice it until it's like later on like maybe a few months later so you know you go back to try to do a comparison shot and it's like everything the landscape's changed you know bushes have grown in and things like that but i don't know what it is if it's you know it's not a bear i mean bears don't sit there and peek around a tree at you like that perfectly still i mean that's not the the way a bear acts and it's it's bigger than a raccoon i mean and we don't have panda bears here in the smokies as far as i know i mean so you know people can look at it and make their own judgment but you know i kind of feel like i know what it is but i don't want to
0: you know i can't say for sure you know Come on, you know you want to (laughs) say (laughs) it.
1: Well, I'll put it this way. There's a lot of – I do know there are Bigfoot there in that area, and there's a lot of Bigfoot activity. So, I mean, in my heart, I feel like it is a Bigfoot. But, you know, unless you can – you know, there's just – unless I try to be, you know, a, a healthy skeptic, even with my own work, you know, the things that I get. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know man. That's it's pr- it's it's pretty crazy looking.
0: No, it definitely is crazy looking. And uh like I said, I didn't have to strain too hard at all to see what you were seeing, and I was like, holy crap, that I mean, I had this like impression first off when I looked at it that it looked like a like a sloth or something with raccoon yeah. eyes. <laughs> and uh and I think that was Paradolia because the way the branches are in the foreground going towards upwards towards the tree it almost makes you feel like there's an arm reaching around a tree uh but i don't think it is an arm reaching around the tree i think it's just a head peeking around the tree uh but when you when you picture that as an arm and if you if you i don't know if you're looking at it now or what but uh it, it almost feels like there's an arm reaching around the tree and that's what gives it that gives it that like sloth look to me but yeah I, I've
1: thought that too. I've thought about the hand and arm reach around the tree, but I didn't going to say anything because it's just not clear enough for me. To-
0: right? Because there, there's clearly a tree in the foreground and behind the head in the background, and that color of that tree is the same color of what we would say would be the arm going upwards. And so it's it's just too hard to say. And it's it's it's. And I appreciate the way you're doing this because it's very important to be critical of these things. And especially the person who's presenting it, being honest with yourself and not being overexcited because you want to show people that you have a picture of Bigfoot or something like that. And honestly, dude, like I've never seen Bigfoot, but I wouldn't picture Bigfoot this way. I don't know what this is. Uh, I had another guy email me. I think I, think I just read the email today talking about this episode again. And if I remember correctly, he said that he has seen these things in that area, but it's always around Bigfoot and he calls them the other. And I don't know what that means, but uh, hopefully he wants to come on the show and talk about it sometime, you know? Uh, yeah, I'd like to hear that. Yeah. But um, it, it's just very interesting. And I find it really interesting that uh, I'm, I'm going to say Dan because I'm pretty sure that's what his name was from episode 85. Um, he he de- 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 definitively talked about the raccoon eyes and you talk about it. In, in this picture and i look at it and i'm like yeah that looks like raccoon eyes and i can imagine if there if it's if its eyes are as dark as the outline around it that would be terrifying you know yeah um
1: a friend of mine and i asked him if i could use his name was scott carpenter i mean a lot of people know him for research shout out to Why? scott carpenter we need to get yeah. him on the show right yeah you really do um he's got a lot of pictures uh the and he explains he actually did a video that explained it really well how digital cameras like really fool you when you take pictures of stuff. And like a lot of his pictures were the eyes, they actually look like I said, a ghoul. I mean, it's just this really I mean he has a he sent me a comparison picture. I sent that picture you're looking at to him and he sent it back to me with a comparison picture with him right beside it that he took of himself out in the woods with a digital camera from a distance. And uh his eyes look exactly like those totally black um so he and which makes sense to me because i mean their eyes are set back further in their head is what people say and it would make your eyes look darker like that if the eyeballs are actually a little bit further back and to me that would help a little bit with your night vision too at night or you know kind of like an owl or something
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. I find it very interesting, man. And I want to transition here into... And I don't know if you've had multiple Bigfoot sightings, but I know in the email, you were talking about having a daylight sighting of a white Bigfoot, which really, I always find interesting because Pennsylvania has these multiple reports of a white Bigfoot in PA. Uh, Do I think it's more than one? Maybe but i also know that these things can cover a lot of ground so maybe it's a, it's the same one that people are seeing and it stands out more but i have a friend don who i used to hike with back in the day and that what got him into this whole topic was christmas eve 2000 i say 15 i think it was he was hiking the appalachian trail and he came across a white bigfoot and, uh, it, it, was just like darting across the scene. He saw it and, uh, that kind of launched him into this whole thing. Cause he couldn't believe what he was seeing. Uh, so I'm always interested in the topic of a white Bigfoot. So go for it and tell us what you saw.
1: Yeah. Um, it was in the same area where this, uh, Dan you're talking about, uh, was at, and it was actually in the campground where, uh, he wound up laying down on the picnic table, waiting for help to come. But uh, like I was saying earlier, I do a lot of recording there, and the day I went out there, I was actually going to check on a recorder I'd had out there for probably about two or three weeks, and uh it was back in the woods off trail a little bit, not too far from the campground, because it was just, I have one that's way back, and then I have some a little bit closer, you know, but to uh like where i park and everything but because like i said there's not a lot of people there so you know at nighttime there's nobody there so that's usually when the recorders kick on but uh i was back there checking my recorder and i had a little area not far from it where i was setting out some gifts like little toys little stuffed animals and i think i put some candy bars out on another tree a little tree that had fallen over and it's a little gifting area i called it and I just finished doing everything I was going to do, downloaded all my audio and i had done packed my backpack back up and I was heading back down, cutting through the woods, fixing to come back out into the campground. And I stopped and when I got in the woods, I have an alcohol that I keep with me. And that's, that's kind of what I use to announce myself when I come in the woods. Um, from day one, when I start going to a new area, I always announce myself when I go in the woods, I'll blow that alcohol. I'll make, it's a barred alcohol. It's actually a turkey call, but it's, it's, it makes a sound like a barred owl. But, uh, and I do that every time I go in the woods so that hopefully that if, you know, if they don't know I'm already, if they don't already know I'm there, if they hear that, they'll know I'm, I'm around and they'll come check me out. But, uh, i do that every time i go out and this day i uh i stopped right when i was leaving my gifting area heading back through the woods i stopped and i did a did a few of those calls and i did some screech owl calls too that i do that with just my mouth i don't use a call an uh, actual call for that but um so i sat there and listened and i started hearing one answer back and this is the middle of the day and Bard owls and screech owls you will hear them during the day but it's not very as as often as you do at night and this was very loud it was louder than your typical screech and bard owl calls and uh i think i probably heard about two or three of each and they were coming from down towards the campground which was probably about another two or three hundred yards away through the woods and uh it did about two about two or three times each and i answered back and i sat there and listened didn't hear anything so i made my way back down to the campsite and i sat down at one of the cam- uh, picnic tables and i uh, threw my backpack on the table i was sitting there and i pulled my cell phone out and i was thumbing through some pictures because um, i always take pictures of what i leave gifts and things like that and so when I come back, I can tell if something's been moved or taken or anything like that. So I was just kind of going through all the pictures that I had just taken when I was over at my gifting spot. And uh I guess I've been sitting there 15, 20 minutes. And it was getting close to dark. It was probably about 5 o'clock, 5.30. And uh I noticed when I came in and parked my truck, there was one other vehicle out there because there's a trailhead there. And, uh, a lot of people come out there and go hiking on the weekends during the day, but there was only one car out there when I got there. And while I was sitting at the picnic table, those people came walking by heading back to their car and they had done gone on by and they, I guess it'd been 10, 15 minutes. I don't know. Uh, they done gone by and it was starting to get dark. And I got, I stood up and I grabbed my backpack and I slung it over my, one arm and i was fixing to sling it over my other arm and out of the corner of my eye i saw something uh on the other end of the campground it looked like it was out by the water by a creek but it was white and it was you could see it through the the uh, brush um it was a good ways off i'd say maybe 75 yards away or something like that but uh when you see something that just doesn't belong, and I know you've probably heard this before, but when you see something, your mind tries to register it as something you're familiar with. And all I saw was white. And uh, the first thing that popped in my mind was a swan. I don't know why a swan popped in my head, because it was moving so smoothly I swear Tony, it was like it was floating or on roller skates or something, like a and it was from right to left and it was on it was just inside the tree line on the other end of the campground. And it was this just big white spot I could see through the brush and it was moving so smooth. I mean it's just almost like it was floating and it came it reached an area by the time I realized I mean by the time you finally realize this is not a, a swan dummy, wake up. What are you looking at here? Uh, it's almost, I mean, the whole sighting is about over with. But it came out into the open. And I still couldn't tell what it was. It was just this white mass. And uh, by, by the time I finally realized what it was, it was starting to duck down and go behind this humongous, uh, It's probably about a four foot tall tree that was laid on the ground that had fallen. And it was on the other side of the tree when it was floating across. And it finally registered to me, registered in my mind. What I was seeing was this humongous, massive muscular back. It had its back to me. It wasn't looking at me and it was facing the other way. It would not, it did not have its face looking at me, but because of the way the tree was, it's probably about a four foot tall tree. I could only see from about, I don't know if it was like its thighs or waist or what, because I really couldn't see any legs moving. I, it, it really seemed like all I could see was from like the, the lower back up and the shoulders. If you can just picture what the incredible Hulk looks like as far as its back just rippling muscles and just solid chunk of muscle like in a v-shape almost um that's all i could see and like it it looked like the head was hunched over like he was trying to trying to duck or something keep me from seeing his face or something but he was just he just smoothly went by and just as he got out in the open he kind of went down behind the log and i guess he went down on all fours but he went down behind the where i couldn't see him and he kind of went into the brush and he was gone i mean it was just i think the whole thing lasted eight to ten seconds max i mean it seemed like it lasted forever but i know it didn't last that long but um but it was like the color. I mean, it was solid, solid white, like a swan. That color. That's that's what stuck in my head was white. And all I could think of is like, there's nothing out here in these woods that's solid white. I mean, and I mean, even in, it wasn't a bear. I know what a bear looks like. You know, I, I hike all the time, and I go out in these woods. I'm, I'm an outdoors person. I know what a bear looks like. But and you could clearly see the back and the muscles. I mean, I knew what it was as soon as it got out in the open. My mind finally registered it wasn't a swan but uh it was crazy and I walked I didn't know if I should but I did I walked over to the tree after it had done gone into the woods but it's like I hit a wall once I got to that tree um uh kind of like uh, Dan the guy was saying he hit a wall uh I think he said something about hitting a wall. Like he didn't, uh, he didn't need to do something or go any further or something. I can't remember, but it's like, I, 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 something inside me said, don't go any further. Don't go into those woods. And I was like, no problem, sir. I'm not going in those woods, but I sat there and I listened and you couldn't hear a thing. I mean, you could not hear a pin drop. I mean, I mean, you could hear a pin drop. It was just so quiet and something that big, would be sounding like a horse walking through the woods i mean there's just no way i mean it was that quiet and i was kind of i mean i was in shock i mean i i guess it really didn't hit me till i got home i mean what had really happened you know and it just registered with me but i wasn't scared it didn't freak me out or nothing but it was just really uh it was just really uh kind of shocking and but I, I've always felt like those alcohols was him answering me back when I was back there in the woods because I've heard them. I've heard them do alcohols back to me before. I mean, but uh, I went back probably the next weekend. I think it was because I worked during the week, but I went back the next weekend as soon as I could, and I set a. a GoPro camera on the picnic table where I was sitting and uh, it has like a little remote thing where you Wi-Fi where you can look at your video on your phone and I had the camera and I aimed it right to where I saw him go into the brush where where he came out in the open and uh, I walked I took my phone with me and I walked back there to where I saw him disappear and just stood there and took a picture just to give me a size comparison just give me something you know to to kind of give me an idea about how big this thing was and dude i look like a midget compared to this thing and i'm six foot two i mean it's just it blew my mind when i saw how small i was compared to the mass that i saw i mean like i said it looked like the the hulk's back just solid white i mean that's all i can say i mean it was crazy um But that was pretty much my, that's pretty much the sight in there, you know, and I still go back there. I mean, that's, uh, I just feel like he was just letting me see him for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why they do the things they do, but I don't know what he was doing. I mean, it didn't make any sense to me other than that. He was just letting me see him. I don't know.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, I don't, I don't know why people have the settings they have sometimes because. These things definitely seem like they have the ability to not be detected, and so anytime there's a sighting, in the back of your head you're just like, why? You know what? What was the point of that? But the the sheer size of this thing as you're describing and how it kind of would have hulked over you if it was near you, um, it says that it wasn't a swan. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's crazy because you hear people, you know, they they
1: when they see something, you know, your, your mind tries to lock you in and register to something that it's searching through files, you know? And it's like, okay, it's gotta be something you're familiar with. What is it? And for some stupid reason, my mind was saying Swan, I guess, because of the color. I don't know. And the, and how smooth it was moving. I mean, it was like, it was on roller skates. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, no movement whatsoever. It's just like, somebody had a mannequin or something it was just like set it on roller skates and pushed it or something i mean it was just crazy
0: and that reminds me of the video from Pennsylvania i'm sure you've seen it the white bigfoot uh that's out there it's it's a night video and it, i for, now i forget what county it was taken in but uh I remember, I remember watching it and I I looked at that video up and down and, you know, you and I were talking and I'm not sure if you said it on the show or not, but you mentioned about how, no, I think you did about how, you know, when you were going through the video, you almost felt like you could see that creature with the raccoon eyes blinking. Uh, but you didn't really want to say that because you're really not sure if it's pareidolia or whatever. And that's kind of how I feel about the the video of the white Bigfoot in Pennsylvania, because when I would go in on it and really look at the lips, it looked like when it got hit with the flashlight, the lips pinched together and took off, which to me was like... And this was this video was taken, I mean, I want to say 2014, 2013. Uh, I, I just... It to me, it told me it, what this was not a mask, and this thing moved so swiftly at night. Uh, it, it was it was very you know quick video, but the way it, it dodged and it moved so fast. It, it, it again, it's like it was moving very uh, smoothly. Uh, and, and now that I'm thinking about it, your experience here with that creature, uh, we'll call it the Swan Bigfoot, uh, and and then this, this white Bigfoot in Pennsylvania, thinking about that, and my friend uh, Dave Groves uh, might have caught a picture of a, a, fi- a white Bigfoot face w- on one of his hikes uh, that I've talked about before. Very interesting because it looks just like the thing that we saw in the video in Pennsylvania. What, I, what I'm getting to is the picture you sent me of that creature peeking out from behind the, the tree. It just dawned on me. That was a white face as well with black sunken eyes.
1: Yeah, that's true. It has like a panda bear look to it almost. Yeah,
0: but it doesn't. It doesn't have that conical head that I, I've yeah. seen in Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, that, and that's one reason I don't want to say it's a bigfoot. But I mean, there's. I don't know. I mean, I don't know any animals it could be. I mean, I fully believe there are other cryptids out in the you know in the woods, but you know that may be what it is. I don't know, but it's. It's something. I mean, I don't know. People can look at it and judge for themselves, but uh, maybe somebody knows what it is. I don't know. But uh, I wasn't expecting to see it whenever I was uh, filming those turkeys, though, because I didn't know it was there. I mean, if there was something there, I didn't know it. I mean, when I was walking down
0: that trail. Yeah. So, all right. Let's talk about some of these recordings that I want to play for the show here. Um, let's start off with the, cause of the recordings, I think this one is actually the one that intrigues me least out of the two. Uh, but it's still definitely very interesting. Let's talk about the scream and the reply vocalization you recorded. Set the scene for us before we play it. What were you doing? What were you looking for? Where were you? Okay. Well,
1: I wasn't there. This was in the middle of the night. This was a recorder that I out in the woods and i believe it was it was during the winter months or early early spring i'd have to go back and double check but it was a rainy night and usually when i get a rainy night and i'm reviewing i'm like yeah yeah ain't nothing gonna happen whatever but i was uh got to a point in the recording to where you could tell the rain had stopped and you could just hear the rain dripping off the trees so any of the little Popping sounds like that. It's just raindrops falling off the trees. But now I have like a, uh, we'll call it an LDR, but, uh, it's a long duration recorder that we'll put out and it runs on batteries and it kicks on and off on a timer. It's got stereo microphones on it. It's in a PVC tube and, uh, it comes on at dark and goes off in the morning. When the sun comes up just depending on what time of year it is as to what time I set it. But, uh, I'll hang it up between two trees on a piece of, uh, paracord and probably about a 20 foot piece of paracord just so, and it's probably about eight to 10 foot off the ground. So nothing can get to it. Um, nothing can mess with it, but this was probably around one thirty or two in the morning. Um, several hundred yards, uh, way off trail. It's way off trail. And there's a uh like a little holler back up in there and um, like a little valley area between two uh ridges and the recorders up on the ridge. And uh this is a spot where I've been uh leaving food, apples, uh little trinkets, stuffed animals, things like that. And you know, I'd come back and some are missing or some are moved and you know, one apple's taken. You know, the other two were still sitting there, you know, uh, which I don't know what animal does that, you know, usually they take everything, but, uh, this, you'll just have to play it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a scream or a yell and it's, it's, I've had it analyzed by a friend of mine that's, uh, does audio analyzations. Um, he has a military background, but, uh. He does a lot of analyzing for Bigfoot researchers, but, uh, he analyzes it and he says there's, there's certain vocal range that, uh, that Bigfoots or Sasquatch will can get into that humans aren't in there. And that's pretty much how he can tell that it's, it's a Sasquatch is, uh, by the, the, uh, the vocal range it's in, the, the megahertz or, whatever um i'm yeah. not that great at that that's why i send it to him but uh and he was he was pretty convinced that's what it was um but it's just a, it's a loud scream and then in the faint in the background you'll hear a faint response off in the distance it sounds pretty similar to it so
0: yeah so uh i'm gonna play it here so people can hear it and stuff and you uh, know it's it's clearly a yell. And, you know, before I play it, I, I want to say that I'm not a wildlife expert. So and and you're you're probably well more familiar with the sounds you're going to hear out there than a lot of people because you're out there so much. But uh, I want people to hear this. And so they can kind of, you know, call their own shots. It's what we do on the show. All right, I'm going to play it one more time. Yeah, so, I mean, when I, I hear that recording, it's different than what I pictured in the email when you first sent it to me. Because in the email, you mentioned about it. And I was thinking, just kind of knowing the general idea of how things are laid out uh, in the landscape, I was thinking, could it have been, could it have been an echo that, you know, bounced off and came back to the recorder. But to me, that sounds like a totally different, whatever calling it it, to me, it sounded like it was a different call. It it wasn't the exact same call.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds like a response to me. It's, I mean, I do alcohols back there and there is an acoustic I mean, it's got a little echo, not an echo, but it, it really reverberates in that, that little holler pretty good. But if I were to yell like that, I would, you know, I wouldn't hear my echo back. I mean, it's not like that. I mean, it's, it's in the woods and, uh, there's not like a lot of rock formations or anything where something would bounce back. I mean, it's, I feel it's pretty much a response, but I mean, technically, I guess it could be like a teenager or a kid or something screaming, but you know, maybe his buddies you know several hundred yards down the trail yelling back i don't know but it's it was really bad weather that night and i was really surprised that it even lit up enough to where i could uh get any uh audio out of that night but um it's a very secluded area and i highly doubt anybody was back there just just yelling i mean it was the only thing that i got that night i mean there wasn't anything else going on that i could hear
0: so i don't know so talk to us about this next one where it's the walk up whistler. What what was the scene on that one?
1: That was a little bit further down the trail, uh,
0: up on a ridgetop. That
1: uh that's when I first started recording out there. And it this is probably about it's a couple of miles back down the trail. And it's way off trail. And once you get off trail to get to it, it's way off the trail again, too. And uh I had a recorder hanging up like I did the other one and it's really quiet night. And, uh, all of a sudden just in the distance, you hear this rustling coming up the hill and the closer it gets, it sounds bipedal to me. It sounds like two legs walking and, uh, it's coming up the hill and, or down the hill. I don't know, but you know, that's the thing with audio. You can't see what's happening. You only hear it, but it's coming closer to the recorder and it gets like right to it or right under it or something, and it stops. It kind of rustles around a second and stops, and then it whistles up underneath it. And I've, I can't tell if it's a whistle or just like a, you know, or something, but I've had so many people I've shown that to. I mean, outdoorsmen, hunters, I've had wildlife biologists look at it and listen to it, and nobody can identify what that is, what kind of animal makes that sound. I mean, not to mention that it sounds like it's on two feet, you know, in the middle of the night, uh, usually around one or two or three in the morning somewhere. That's when most of the activities happening on my recordings. But
2: I can yeah. take a listen
1: to it and see But it stops right under the recorder, does that and sits there a second and then it just starts. It just continues on its little way. Keeps on walking.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to play this. It's about a 40, I think it's actually almost a minute long clip. I'm going to skip ahead because it happens later in the clip. And uh, we'll listen to it a couple of times and then we'll come back. So that's the uh, the little whistle there, and uh, I find it interesting, man. I find it interesting. People say they hear these things whistling, and uh, I didn't play the whole clip, and maybe I should have, but just for time's sake, I didn't. You do hear something walking up and then toying around the leaves, and then you hear that little whoop, that little whistle, and I'm just like, wow, that's a really, really clear whistle. Um, When I used to hike the Appalachian Mountain a lot. Uh, I would sometimes, not sometimes. I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. I got distracted. Uh, not sometimes. One time I was doing a recording and I actually caught and I didn't hear it in person there at the moment, but later I heard it on the recording. It was a whoop. It was just like whoop out in the distance. And I don't know what it was, but I remember we had activity going on and that's why I was recording to begin with. And, uh, it's interesting though. That's the, that's a really good whistle though
1: well i mean i'm not ashamed to say too i mean if somebody knows what that is if that is an animal of some kind i'd like to know what it is i mean i feel like whatever it was it sounds like it's on two legs to me and i've caught that several times but that's just one of the best ones but i don't i mean i'm not afraid to back down and say it's not you know a bigfoot or whatever you know if somebody can correct me i'd love to know i mean i really would But, uh, there's a lot of weird things happen back there. I mean, I got several, I could just, I mean, I tell you, I could go all night. without some of the crazy stuff that's happened back there. I mean, we've, we've heard voices on the trail. We've, you know, eye glow, what kind of, what kind of voices, uh, just, I was coming around going up the trail, heading back to my little gifting area. And I was about halfway back and there's a sharp curve in the trail and it's always in a curve for whatever reason. And, uh. I got about right to the edge of it and I heard what sounded like somebody cough. It was like a, like that. And like they were clearing their throat and then just a mumble mumble, just sound, you know, and I was, I just stood there a second, fully expecting somebody to come around the corner. And I just sat there for a second and nobody came and I said, okay. So I just went on up around the corner and looked. And when you get around the corner, it's a straight shot for probably a good hundred yards um, down the trail. And there wasn't anybody in sight, so I don't know what that was all about um but another friend of mine that's been out there he's heard voices out in the woods there too, so it's it's kind of common to hear strange things like that
0: are they are they similar to like what he heard and what you've heard other people talk about? Is it similar to like that chatter sound?
1: Yeah, it was more like a mumbling, I think, and it was definitely a coughing like somebody was clearing their throat and uh now what he heard my my friend that was out there one day he was further on down the trail in this same area and uh he said it sounded like two women talking uh like a mumbling i mean you couldn't understand what they were saying uh just like your previous caller of this story he was he said he heard he couldn't understand what they were saying it's just like a mumbling like people talking, but he said, I, I believe he said this was sounded like two women talking out in the woods. Um, uh, he couldn't see them. I mean, you could see
0: perfectly clear out through the woods. I mean, but he said he could hear them. So I don't know. So what are your thoughts on the idea that some of this activity, like the vocalizations and stuff could be more paranormal than it is anything else?
1: It most definitely could. I mean, the, uh, the trail has a lot of, it was a Native American trail and there's, I mean, and I'm not just calling them out or not saying that, but I mean, a lot of times you kind of get some strange things happen and it's it could definitely be paranormal. We've had some things happen that I really don't think were uh, Sasquatch related Um, like the voices and one time I was walking out of there heading back to my truck and I'm walking down the road, and, uh, I totally feel like somebody's right beside me, you know? I mean, I mean, I just constantly kept looking over my shoulder, fully expecting to see somebody there. I mean, it was it was everything but actually hearing their footsteps. I mean, you could just feel something beside you, and, uh, it lasted probably about 20 seconds, and I was like, okay, I got to get back to the truck, you know? I'm not going, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm not here for Bigfoot, not this, and... Um, but I've had that happen a couple of times in other places too, where you just feel like something comes right up in your space. You'll be standing there doing something. All of a sudden you just feel like somebody's standing right beside you. I mean, you can just, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Like you can shut your eyes. If somebody walks up beside you, you can tell it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was that evident.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I think that, you know, you're out in the woods, you're looking for Bigfoot and things like that. Uh, Let's just say Bigfoot and you have these other experiences. If you're not thinking along the lines of what are the possibilities here as to other things that are outside the norm, uh, it it, it could probably be easy to lump it into, oh, well, that's a Bigfoot. And it could be. But, you know, the thing is, it it might be something else. I mean, isn't that area pretty well heavily known as Civil War type area where battles had happened?
1: It is, and there was a lot of Cherokee battles there too. Um, that whole area down through there, uh, was the old Cherokee nation, which of course isn't there anymore, but, uh, there was, yeah, there was a lot of battles fought there and, and I'm not quite sure on the Civil War active. I know there were Civil War battles around us, but I'm not too familiar where they were or anything, but, uh, but yeah, it's
0: was- so. You mentioned earlier about the, uh, gifting and leaving even, I think you even said like stuffed animals or toys or something. What's your personal philosophy behind that? Cause I know there's different reasons why people leave the gifts out. Sometimes they leave just food out to attract its, you know, taste buds. Sometimes they leave, uh, balloons. They leave little toys, uh, marbles. Uh, and sometimes they think it's a, a gifting thing where, you know that the a Bigfoot will take something and leave something in place of it. Is it something like that, or are you doing it because you just feel like maybe they're attracted to just a new shiny object and trying to catch them on camera?
1: Uh, well, I'm not trying to catch them on camera so much. I mean, I used to, but it just it kind of got to where I was like, you know, it's it seemed kind of disrespectful, and I didn't get very good results of it. First of all, but uh, it just kind of it's kind of gotten to where I just want to. Learn more about them and interact with them instead of trying to get proof. Um, but the gifting, it's just, it's just to what, to me, it's a way to, to interact with them and relate to them and just try to have some sort of communication with them because we don't know, you know, we don't know what their language is. We don't know how to communicate other, I mean, we're, we're all experimenting. I mean, there aren't any experts in this, but, I do that and and hopefully, you know, they'll take it sometimes and sometimes they won't. And, you know, I kind of get an idea sometimes what they like and what they don't like. And, um, like sometimes I'll put rocks out, you know, in a formation and come back and they're rearranged or totally flipped over, moved around, you know, and, and, and different designs and stuff. And and it's just trying to figure out what they're trying to communicate i mean i don't think they're just i don't feel like they're doing it just randomly like an animal comes and roots around you know and moves stuff around there there's purpose behind it because there's patterns you start to notice and other you know once you talk to other researchers that are doing the same thing different parts of the country i mean you're seeing patterns i mean groups of three you know you'll see rocks grouped in three and then one over here by itself you know i've heard i mean countless people tell me they have the same thing happen to them in a total different part of the country and uh it's just to you know just to see what they'll do you know G- gain their trust you know it's a trust issue it's i mean it's the whole thing is about trust i mean if you if you do something that's going to, you know, screw up that trust relationship, I mean, you're starting back over at ground zero again. I mean, it's it takes a long time to build that trust up, and you know that's that's an, that's one reason why I kind of stopped using the cameras. But uh, I don't take the video cameras and stuff out there with me anymore. But
0: so you you mentioned about kind of like how the idea of it you know being a disrespectful thing trying to catch it on camera uh, and and just the way you're talking it sounds to me like you kind of lean towards these things being more than just a creature but maybe even possible a type of human is that is that right or is that putting words yeah, in your mouth? absolutely
1: yeah i don't really fall in the, the uh ape uh group i mean there's a lot of people that think they're just an ape but sure i mean i've experienced too many things that you know, it, it's intelligence. It's not, it's not, uh, animal instinct or animal, animal reactions and stuff like that. The, the things that, some of the things that I've experienced, I mean, in those woods and, you know, where I used to live and stuff, it's just, you know, it's just like you're dealing with another person, you know, you're not dealing with a, with a bear or, or just some monkey running around the woods. I mean, it's, It's more than that.
0: I got you, man. I got you. Uh, listen, before we wrap this up and stuff, I I know you have like, you have tons of experiences, uh, and you know, we kind of just hit on some highlights and stuff. Uh, what's some of the 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 light experiences i know you've experienced the lights out there i find it interesting because again episode and i looked it up at 85 i believe it was uh lost of smoking Mountains. he talked about the lights too i mean his his experience i mean talk about a a jam-packed night out in the woods you know i mean he he talked about so much stuff that they experienced what what have you experienced out there uh well um i glow for one thing uh
1: i've i've experienced that and what i think i don't know if it's an orb or what but uh i've seen a lot of things like a lantern moving through the woods um like at a high speed rate of speed or you know it looks like somebody walking through the woods holding one of those old uh propane coleman lanterns you know and uh i went out to uh out there one night by myself and uh was sitting by my truck and there's a creek right there close to where i park and on the other side of the creek it goes straight up i mean it's basically i mean a very steep steep hill and uh i was uh out there just kind of listening and talking to the woods you know and just saying you know if you're out there come see me and things like that and I had like a little Native American flute. I was playing some music, you know, just trying to get some attention from them and get their attention. And I saw this light up on the hill across the uh, creek, and it looked like a headlamp at first. And it was up on the top of the ridge, and it was just kind of moving in and out behind some brush up there, like it was ducking in, it duck back, it'd come out, it duck back in, and hiding. And I was like, "Whoa!" You know, I said, "Hey there, what you doing up there?" And uh. It didn't do anything, just kind of ducked back in, and it disappeared. I was like, okay, let's see what happens now. You know, I was getting a little nervous there, and uh, a few minutes later, I just kind of leaned up against the truck, just waiting to see what would happen, and a few minutes later, it reappeared, like, down the hill, like, right at the edge of the water, like, eye level with me, and it was just kind of like something just pacing back and forth. It's just this bright white light. I mean you couldn't hear any sound or anything, but I mean, it was, and it's like a jungle over there. I mean, there's really no access to get to that side. I mean, I mean, you can probably wait, you can swim across the Creek and climb up that Hill. But I mean, it's like a Vietnam jungle trying to get through those rhododendron and things like that on that Hill uh, back in those woods on that side of the Creek. Cause I've tried and it was just like, I gave up cause I was going to just check out the area over there but uh this thing just sat there for a couple minutes just pacing back and forth looking at me and then it just went behind some brush and it was gone and uh we see that a lot just like lights going down the ridge tops, and like this guy you know in your other interview he saw pin lights we see a lot of pin lights uh just looks like a little tiny tiny flashlight out in the woods and it kind of come out, you know, it's floating through the woods. It'll go behind a tree and come back out or, uh, and it's just, there's some crazy stuff out there. And, but like the, we've seen the eye glow, like we've seen different colored eyes. I mean, where it almost looks like an emerald colored blue, you know, a couple pair, a couple eyes looking at you from back in the woods. And, um, trying to think if there's anything else as far as lights goes on there well we've seen red eyes uh, across the creek it, it, we we'll would be sitting there in total darkness at one of the picnic tables and um, somebody that was with me she looked she was looking over my shoulder and uh, I was looking the other direction and she said oh my god she said these red lights just came on behind you and she said it looked like two bright LED red lights came on right across the creek, just came on for a few seconds and went right back off. And uh, it just moves it right down at the edge of the water, like eye level with this too.
0: So it was, um, but... Do you take those, those experiences of lights and stuff, and do you uh, sometimes categorize it as, you know the other outside of bigfoot related stuff like more paranormal or et or you know maybe just like the orbs being their own spirits or anything like that
1: some of it i do yeah uh i just put it in the category that i don't know what it is the heck it is but uh it's it could be spiritual it could be something natural i don't know i mean some of the some of the orbs i don't know if that's natural or what but uh some people have said they've seen it and they have like almost like they have an intelligence behind them the way they move through the woods and stuff but i mean the ones that what i saw i mean it was moving down that ridge at a pretty fast rate of speed i mean it's faster than any person i could imagine could run especially through the woods at night without a you know with you know just the way it was moving and but uh the ones that actually look like eyes, you know seem to have intelligence behind them. I mean, I mean, I fully believe that the the Bigfoots have eye glue I mean that's you know some of the experiences I've had that you know I know for sure it was their eyes lit up, yeah uh, I mean not all I mean, I don't know it's just it's. <sighs> it just blows your mind. I mean, it's just, it's something different every time. I don't know. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, man, if I lived in that area, I I would be making the Smoky Mountains a very, uh, frequented place. Uh, I, I'm going to be starting some new projects and stuff where I'm hoping to get back out in the woods and, and not paranormal or even Bigfoot related more along the lines of like, searching for lost history and, and even treasure in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of legends. And uh, I, I'm going to start a side projects, I, I think, doing something like that. And uh, I'll tell you, man, if I was down in that area, the Smoky Mountains would be a definite spot for me. I would be there all the time uh, because there's so much activity. So uh, I'll tell you what, Greg, man, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some of these experiences, man. It's been very interesting to hear. Oh, you bet,
1: man. Anytime. I enjoyed it. Love your show. And it's you know, it's anytime I can talk Bigfoot. I'm I'm ready.
0: Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show, just share the show if you enjoyed it because that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. Thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in this week. And until next week, stay safe. Take care. And remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Bye.